enjoyed that say amen. Hallelujah. Go with us to the book of Luke this morning, chapter 17, Luke chapter 17. I preached from this text last Sunday, and um, I want to preach from it again this morning in a different light, and I appreciate all the good singing. I want to say I appreciate you praying for my throat. I've asked several people to pray. Uh, I've been struggling with it for uh, several weeks, and it's not complaining, not complaining by no means, but um, it is better. It's not where it ought to be at, but it is better, and I ask you to keep praying. And so uh, it's not from preaching, believe it or not. Preaching probably don't help it none, but uh, I don't know what it's from. But uh, that's why I'm using this microphone. I'm not trying to be like, you know, Joel Osteen or Benny Hinn or any of those people, you know. So I uh, don't want to be identified. But it is a little bit easier on the throat. And so you continue to pray for us that God would help us and touch us. Luke chapter 17, if you'll stand with us this morning. And if you got some amens in you, you can give them while preaching's going on. Amen. We're not in a Methodist church or a Presbyterian or Episcopal. We're in old-fashioned independent Baptist church. And uh, you're not amening me, so don't worry about that. Amen. Just amen the truth and let all the people say amen. Doesn't cost you anything to say amen, but it may cost you everything if you don't. And so it's always important. Brother Lloyd Guffey used to say two amens are better than one. And there's only two times to praise God. That's when you feel like it and when you don't. Amen. And uh, brother, I think about Psalms 34. David said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. And so we're privileged to hear the Word of God preached this morning, not because I'm preaching it, just because we have the freedom and liberty uh, to be born in America and hear the gospel and be in the South, the land of Bibles. Amen. may not always be that way, and so we need to take advantage of it every uh, chance we can. Luke chapter 17, we read this text last week, but I want to read it again this morning. Verse 11, the Bible says, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Let's bow for prayer. Father. Lord, I do want to thank you this morning for the privilege to be in the house of God. Thank you for the good singing. Thank you, dear Lord, for the Sunday school hour. And I pray now that you'll bless the preaching of thy word. Speak to hearts, save sinners this morning. No doubt there's somebody here that needs to be born again. And I pray the Holy Ghost will deal with them this morning. May they come to an altar of repentance and be saved by the grace of God. And we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I preached last Sunday morning on the subject out of this text, let me be the one, amen? And we looked at the one, that one leopard that the Bible mentions in verse number 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice, he glorified God. But I don't want to preach on that one this morning. Uh, we did that last week. I want us to look at uh, the 10 that are mentioned here. Notice the Bible said in verse number 12 that there met him 10 men that were lepers. And I want to preach on the subject this morning on the ones that missed out. The ones that missed out. You see, when we come to our text this morning in verse number 12, we see their greeting. As the Bible says, had he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men. Now, when you think about their greeting, all of these men went to meet Jesus. Amen? Jesus is God in the flesh, and he's making his way, and he goes through this certain village here.
here, and he didn't have to go to where they was. Uh, uh, they came to him. We see their group, that there was 10 of them, and their gender is mentioned. I'm glad the Bible mentions gender, amen? Uh, the Bible said that there was 10 men here. Uh, these are men. They're leopards, and they're in this little colony here, and they represent uh, every individual. They represent families here. No doubt some of these men, if not all of them, had families, and we see their grievance. As the Bible said, that they were lepers. So uh, what brought these men together uh, was their need. Uh, all of them was lepers, and they're living together. Had it not been for their leprosy, they probably would not have been in this group here had not all been together. And you know that's what sin does. Uh, it groups us all in the same uh, uh, category this morning. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. Uh, we're all sinners that need to be saved. Amen. And you say, well, I'm not a bad person this morning. You may not be a bad sinner, but you're still a sinner. Amen. And you say, well, uh, I've done some good in my life. Well, that just means you're a good sinner. Amen. And the Bible said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm telling you, all these men had the same disease. Uh, and every man born in this world, uh, they even said in sin, did my mother conceive me? Man is not, uh, man does not become a sinner, uh, but man is born a sinner. And that means you don't go to hell because of what you've done. You go to hell because of what you are. Amen. And Jesus said you must be born again this morning. And so we see their ground. Like all men, notice the Bible said in verse number 12, they stood afar off. I mean like all men, these 10 men were standing afar off. They were without Christ. And when I see that little phrase there, that they stood afar off, it reminds me of that old song that I mentioned before uh, that Brother Squire Parsons wrote when he said the gulf that separated me from God was too vast and too far. And he said when I could not come uh, to where he was, uh, thank God he came to me. Amen. That's what's happening in verse number 12. They're coming out to meet Jesus, uh, but they can't get to Jesus. Uh, they can only go so far. Why is that? Because of the disease that they have. Uh, it's keeping them from getting to Christ and sin will keep you from God but I'm glad that when I could not come to where he was I'm glad that Jesus came to me just like he came to them and we see that in this text this morning I'm preaching on the ones who missed out the ones who missed out this morning I want you to notice some things about them I want you to notice in verse number 13 the cry of these men the Bible says and they talking about all 10 of them lifted up their voices and said Jesus master have mercy on us I see in verse number 13 that their cry was unified that every one of them cried out I see that their cry was loud the Bible said they lifted up their voices I mean they didn't care who heard them. They didn't care, listen, what people were thinking about them. I'm going to tell you sinner, if you get saved, you're going to have to get past people. Amen. You can't worry about what others are going to think about it. You can't worry about others what they're going to say about it. I mean these people are desperate and their only hope is Jesus. And if you're lost, you ought to get desperate because your only hope is Jesus. You ought to lift your voice up and you ought to come. And we see their cry was directed. Notice what they said in verse 13. They said, Jesus, Master, 
have mercy on us. They directed this cry to Jesus. I'm going to tell you, if you're going to get saved, you're going to have to call on Jesus Christ. Amen. You're going to have to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You don't get saved because you get baptized. You don't get saved because you join the church. You don't get saved just coming to an altar. The altar's a good place to get saved. You don't get saved because you cry. And listen, nothing wrong with shedding tears. But you can come to the altar, you can shed tears, and you can get up and still die and go to hell. I'm telling you, friend, the only way you're going to get saved is you got to look unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. Tears don't save you. An altar won't save you. Being in a church is not going to save you. You got to put your faith and your trust in Christ and Him alone. Amen. I've seen people come to the altar and cry and shed tears and, and it's just the pride of man. They took the time to get out of their seat. They swallowed enough pride to get to the altar. They swallowed enough pride to shed tears. But for some reason, I've met some in the altar that for whatever reason other than I can just say pride, they would not bring themselves to cry out to Jesus Christ and be saved. Amen. I want to say this morning, if you're going to get healed of this dreaded disease of sin, you can't go some of the way. You can't go most of the way. I'm telling you, you're going to have to go all the way this morning. You're going to have to come to Christ. Amen. Don't come to the preacher. I mean, I'll meet you in the altar, Miss Grace will meet you in the altar but you can't come for me you can't come for a family member you can't come for some friend uh, hey listen I've seen people lean over in an altar uh, call and do personal work and I'm not against that I'm for that but you hear me this morning if you're lost uh, you can't go because somebody wants you to go and there's nothing wrong with somebody having such a burden that they come to you and they beg you to go it may take that but you got to go and you got to come to Christ uh, you can't come to somebody else Amen. I believe people can get saved in a funeral. I think we've seen people get saved in a funeral. But I've also seen people get emotionally stirred over their loved one. And they came to the altar in the funeral. And thank God for that. I remember we had a funeral here one time and we had six people saved. You said they all get saved. I don't know. Only God knows that. Some of them came back and some of them never darkened the door here. Maybe they went somewhere else. I don't know. But what I do know is that if you get saved, it can't be because of somebody else. It can't be because of something else. Now, God may use something else to get your attention. But I'm telling you, when you get born again, you got to come to Christ. Amen. And their cry is that they cried. And it was a desperate cry. They said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. I don't know why the Lord wants me to deal with this so much this morning. But I've seen people come to the altar and under conviction and lost. But it seemed like they would try to pray about everything else other than the real need in their life. They come down to the altar. Oftentimes I'll ask the question, why did you come? Because if the Holy Spirit's put them under conviction, they know why they came. And if they say, well, I need to be saved, that's a good candidate for salvation. There's times I could see the conviction on them while I'm preaching. They even raised their hand that they were lost and they'd come down to the altar and I'd say, why did you come? And they would hesitate. And then they'd say something like, well, I just come down here to pray. Well, what'd you come to pray about? Well, it's just, I had a man tell me one time, he said, well, it's personal. 
I said, I said, sir, why did you come? He didn't want to admit the, his need for Christ. I'm telling you this morning, if you're lost, you have to come clean with God. You have to cry out to Jesus. Hey, if you're lost, you need what these men need. You need the mercy of God. You need to be born again. Is that right this morning? Uh, hey, sinner friend, uh, I pray that God pulls the scales off your eyes. Uh, if there's no desire to live for God, if there's never been a desire to live for God, if you don't, if you don't want anything to do with the things of God, if you've always been more interested in what's out there than what's in here. You may need a checkup this morning. If there's no, no, no life on the inside, if the Spirit of God doesn't speak to you, if the Father doesn't chastise you, you need to look, wake up this morning. You need to see your need for Jesus Christ. Amen. I see the cry of these men. And then in verse 14, I see the Christ of these men. Notice the Bible said that Jesus saw them. And when he saw them, Hey, sinner, listen to me. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 3 said the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. He sees everything. He sees me and he sees you. He sees me when I'm awake and he sees me when I'm asleep. He sees everything I've done this week. He sees everything that you've done this week. He sees everything in my heart. He sees everything that goes through my mind. He sees every word that comes out of my mouth. I'm telling you, God sees it all this morning. He didn't just see one leper. He saw every one of them and the Christ of these men. Jesus saw them and then Jesus spoke to them. Look at this. And he said unto them, go show yourself unto the priest. Do you realize this morning that Christ wasn't just speaking to the one that turned back, but he spoke to all of them. The word of God in verse number 14 was for all. It wasn't just for an elect. It wasn't just for a few. It wasn't just for some. But everyone that needed this word and everyone that heard this word, if they obeyed this word, then they could be cleansed. I want to say this morning, that's the way salvation is. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God sees you a sinner. He speaks to you through his word. And if you hear the word, of God, then you've heard the voice of God. Now I know this morning that there is the work of the Holy Spirit. But I don't want to be unbalanced because it's easy to be that way. It's easy to be all word and it's easy to be all spirit. All word has not, has everything to do with the intellect. Uh, listen, all uh, when you're all spirit, it has uh, uh, people get off in the ditch of just emotions. Feelings. Well, you got to be under conviction. Brother Gravely, do you believe that? I believe it wholeheartedly this morning. But here's what I believe, and I believe it from the Bible, not my own personal belief. When Jesus speaks the word of God, the Holy Spirit takes that word and he puts it in your heart. And when a sinner sees and understands, listen to me this morning. When a sinner sees and a sinner understands, you know what that is? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. When you're sitting in church and a man of God preaches and says you must be born again, hey, you may come three Sundays in a row and hear that and it not mean anything to you. But on that fourth Sunday, you may be sitting there and the man of God say you must be born again. It's not the first time he said it, but I tell you, it's the first time the light got turned on and that word of God, he's preaching the word and the Holy Spirit turns the light on. And when the Holy Spirit turns the light on and says you must be born again, that is 
is conviction. That is the Spirit of God. It's not some mystical, funny feeling. It's when God gives you light and entrance to His Word giveth light and you have understanding and you realize, hey, that's for me. I'm going to obey that. I'm going to do what that says. That's convicting, amen. And if you'll do what the Spirit of God says, you can be saved, amen. These men didn't feel anything. They didn't have some kind of experience. They just heard what he said and they did what it said. And as they put forth a faith and obeyed the word of God, what he said came to pass. Hey, this morning, how do you know you're saved? Well, tell you, I know I'm saved because I heard the word. And the Spirit pulled the scales off my eyes and I saw that I was lost. And that that was for me and I did what it said. And I believe that what he told me is true. And I'm not trusting my experience. I'm trusting that book this morning. I'm trusting the word of God. What are you putting your faith in this morning? You see, there's people sitting here right now. I want you to know I'm praying for you. There's people sitting here right now that you know what? You're so blind. You're here preaching every Sunday, but you still don't see yourself. You can see everybody else. You can see everybody else's faults. You can see everybody else's problems, but you can't see yourself. I want you to know this morning your, your pastor is praying for you. I'm praying that God, you say, Brother Gravelin, do you believe there's people here that are members of this church it's not saved well you know I believe that amen and if I'm wrong I pray the Holy Ghost convicts me but until I get under conviction about it I'm going to pray God pull the scales off their eyes I don't believe in causing confusion I don't believe in causing doubt but you hear me this morning there's some people ain't got no life in them amen they're just as dead as 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 a tomb full of dead men's bones I pray God open their eyes Here's young people that needs to be saved. I pray God open their eyes and hear me this morning. If you know that's you and you know you're lost and you know you need to be saved, then act upon it this morning. Trust the word of God and you can be saved. You can be saved. Don't let nobody sell you a bill of goods that, that you can't be saved, that you gotta be at the right place at the right time to be saved. I'm gonna tell you the right place and the right time. It's when the Holy Spirit opens your eyes and you see your need for Christ. That is the right place. And now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Just do what the Spirit of God tells you to do this morning. It's not hard to be saved. And I see the Christ of these men. And I see the cry of these men. Then I see the compassion on these men. Look at verse 14. The Bible says, And it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. I noticed the compassion on these men that they were all commanded to go. The Bible said in Acts 17 and verse number 13, And at the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. wonder what a Calvinist would do with that verse this morning. All men everywhere to repent. If all men are commanded everywhere to repent, you know what that means? Then all men everywhere can be saved. Amen. God wouldn't ask all men everywhere to do something and him not do his part. I'm telling you this morning, if you want to be saved, God will have compassion on you just like he did these men. I see that they were commanded to go show themselves to the priest. That was what they were supposed to do. And then they were committed. The Bible says that as they went, I mean as they were 
not listen to following orders, uh, obeying the word of God. And I see that they were all counted. Uh, I mean, they were all cleansed. Amen. Jesus didn't just cleanse one. He cleansed ten. And Christ sees every sinner. He'll speak to every sinner. and He'll save and spare every sinner that will obey his word. Notice, lastly, this morning, I want you to see the cleansing of these men. Verse number 14. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now this morning, this is a physical cleansing. It's a very particular cleansing because to heal a man of leprosy, only Messiah could do that. It proved that Jesus was who he said he was. I want you to know when these men were walking, as they were cleansed, the purpose of Jesus healing them of leprosy was to show them and anybody they came in contact with and even the priest uh, that he was the Messiah because when they went to the temple and one by one as they stood before the priest uh, and they see he, he pronounced them clean, uh, he would ask this question, who cleansed you of this lip leprosy? Who was it that touched you? You know what they would have to testify? It was Jesus of Nazareth and every time that priest heard that he knew that only Messiah would be able to cleanse men of leprosy only Messiah would be able to open the eyes of the blind I'm telling you it was a particular cleansing it was a particular uh, my friend uh, uh, cleansing in their life uh, and it was a powerful cleansing uh, what Jesus did for them hear me this morning it was enough to open their eyes uh, for, so they could see Christ uh, for who he was uh, when they saw that leprosy gone uh, they knew that he's the one uh, he's the Messiah He's the one the prophets were talking about. He's the one that was to come and to take away the sin of this world. I'm here to tell you this morning, he's still the one, amen. He can still take away sin. He will save and he will cleanse any sinner that'll put their trust in him this morning. Jesus was more interested in their faith than their flesh. And the cleansing of them physically was to give them knowledge spiritually. I see the cleansing of these men. Then notice in verse 17 the calling of these men. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? I see the words of our Savior about these men. Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? What is Jesus saying? He's not asking questions because he doesn't know how many there was and where they're at. The wisdom of our Savior concerning these men was that he knew how many there was. He knew exactly where they were, but he's pointing out the fact that they're missing out on more. They're missing out. They took the physical, the temporal, and they walked away. Their eyes were open. All they had to do was turn back. You know what repentance is? It's a turning from and a turning to. You know that? It's a turning from this world, and it's a turning from my ways. It's turning from religion. It's turning from sin and it's turning to the one that can help you. You see Jesus didn't just want to cleanse them. He wanted to make them whole. Amen. But it took faith to make them whole. I'm here to tell you this morning these men while they received a blessing my friend they missed out on the greatest blessing of all. It wasn't something temporary. It wasn't something physical. They missed out on the eternal blessing. It's not enough to come to church and get a little blessing. God has more in store for us than that. He wants to do something eternal in your life. I think there are some people that go to church and they enjoy the singing. 
They enjoy the preaching if it's a little theatric. That's why you might hear somebody say, well, now, I like it when a preacher gets with it, you know, but that other kind of preaching don't do nothing for me. I'm going to tell you, if you're saved, it's not a man of God's delivery. I know we all have our cup of tea, and every man of God's got a different delivery. But I'll tell you what feeds your soul. It's not a man's personality. It's not a man's delivery. It's the Word of God that feeds your soul. Amen? I don't care if a man jumps around. I've seen him jump around and never say nothing. Amen? You have too. And I'm telling you, it's not the theatrics. It's not the delivery. It's the Word of God and the Spirit of God. I've seen them preach all over the house and you have too and bless me and I've seen them stand still and never move a muscle but God was working and God was moving and the same book was being delivered and it fed your soul. You say, Brother Gravely, what are you saying? I'm saying don't put your stock in just a little earthly blessing here and there. You need to look at the eternal picture this morning. The eternal picture is, is that the will of the Savior. He said, but where are the nine? What's interesting about verse 17 is they may have forgotten Jesus, but he hadn't forgotten them. He might not be on their mind, but they're still on his mind. And sinner, are you going to be one of them that miss out this morning? Are you going to sit in church, hear the word of God preached, and say, not me, not today. I got what I needed temporarily, earthly. You may walk out that door. I've seen, I mean, I'm going to tell you something. I've seen this happen recently, right here. Conviction, God's power, God moving. Got to get out of here. Got to leave. I'm not talking somebody got sick. I'm not talking, I don't think I even got a preference that do I this morning. But I've seen it get invitation time, bolt out the door. Bolt to the bathroom. Bolt, you know what they're doing, don't you? They don't want to have that confrontation with God. Got to get out of here. Oh, the pressure gets up. I'm going to tell you something this morning. If there's any pressure on you when this invitation begins, you go ahead and chalk it up. It ain't coming from me. I ain't pressuring you to come down here and do anything. That pressure you feel to do something that makes you want to get out of the service, that's Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about somebody sick. I'm not talking about somebody has to, you know, some, some physical problem. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm talking about you know exactly who I'm talking about. If, if I'm talking to you, you know I'm talking to you this morning. Don't want to step through that invitation. Let me have a reason to get out of this room so I don't have to deal with my soul. I'm going to tell you something this morning. Hear me well. If you get up and you leave because the Holy Spirit's dealing with your heart and you don't want to deal with the pressure of it, you're not walking away from me this morning. Don't even offend me. But you're walking away from God. And that, that will offend Him. Every time you say no, it gets a little easier to say no and a little harder to say yes. Where are the nine? I don't know what happened to these people, and you don't neither. I would like to think, Brother Laddie, somewheres, maybe, maybe, maybe somewheres, after they showed themselves to the priest, and they saw what Jesus did for that man, maybe they went back and maybe some of them was made whole. I don't know. But most likely they did what a lot of people do. They just went on their way, satisfied with what little bit of touch they had 
You know, just a little dab of religion will do some people want it. Just a little church. Just a little, you know, just a little bit here and there will be just be good enough. I'm going to tell you what you need this morning. You need to be made whole. If you're not saved this morning, coming to church has got to be hard. I mean, it just has to be. I didn't want to go to church before I got saved. Did you? I didn't want to be here. And I really wouldn't care much about them songs we sing. Maybe it's got a pretty good beat to it and got a little life to it. It might mean a little bit. But I don't really care about them songs before I got saved. It didn't mean anything to me. But I'll tell you, after you get born again, there's a drawing to the house of God. Can a saved person get out of church? Sure they can, but I'll tell you something God will do. He'll beat the daylights out of them. There's people sitting in this room right here this morning. I can think, I can think two or three or four people that could testify this morning. I believe with all my heart they're saved. And they'll tell you they're saved. And they'll tell you a time when they got out of church where God just whipped them. And nothing they could do was right. Nothing they did turned out right. Everything turned to brass. You know why? Because God was reminding them every day, you belong to me. In this world, you're never going to profit in this world. But I have seen people, and you have too, break from the church, get out there in the world, and for the first time, they look happier and freer to me than I've ever seen them before. But Danny, they, they never smiled in here. But they're grinning like a possum out there. They're having the time of their life. Friend, that's not, the, that's not how it is with a child of God. If you're saved this morning, you've got a desire to live for God. You may not always do it, but you have the desire. And when you don't do it, God will remind you. He'll whip you. He'll put the scars on you. He'll take you to the woodshed. But I feel this morning in my soul that God's speaking to somebody. Are you saved? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning? Are you going to be one of those nine that turns away and never comes back? I wonder this morning as we stand to our feet. Lord, I pray. I don't know anybody's heart here today. But I pray the Holy Spirit would just draw that sinner God, would you open their eyes this morning? Let them see themselves lost in need of a Savior. Lord, help them this morning not to put it off. Help them to not, help them not walk away from you, but help them to turn back and to come this morning. Come clean, come honest, and be saved while we sing. If you need.